Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, the baseball season is here. It is here. Here. It's all odds. It's here. It is fully here. If you weren't ready for it, too bad, because it's here. It's coming. And I'm speaking mostly to myself. I have not emotionally processed the fact that I am about to internalize 162, at minimum, more New York Mets games. You're going to internalize and ingest about 10 Oakland Athletics games? 10? Yeah. Over under be, 10. That might, be, that might be pushing it. Um, I, here's the thing, yes. right? Is like when yes. the games get going. Just when I thought I was out. I know. They pull they, me back in. I mean, this year is going to be harder than ever. Right, like in in the past, the A's have been uh, fun bad, and now this year they're going to be like bleak bad. You know, like existentially, yeah. like kind of questioning my life choices. Bad, so more so than usual, I would say. You know about as well as anyone that last year, anytime I was in public wearing anything New York Mets, and someone said, "Hey, let's go Mets," whether that was at a game, on the subway, on the street, whatever, I would point at them. And I would say, that's right. This is the year. Do I just run that back or am I going to need to think about something different? What do you think? What What is your take on it? I'm going to let it marinate. I'm not going to decide right now what I'm going to do. But I wanted to hear live on air, live to tape on air, what you think I should do this year. Should I point at them and be like, this is probably not the year. Right. Well, I was going to say it didn't work, right? Like all the good manifesting we did. We did our part. Uncle For Steve. nothing, you know? <laughs> exactly. We did our part, Billy Epler. Where were you at the trade deadline saying this is the year? You weren't there. You Wasn't weren't there. there. You were trading four guys for Darren Ruff or you DFA'd. <laughs> Just doing WFAN Mets talk. <laughs> I I think um, you start lowering the bar a little bit, right? So, like, mm. this may not be the year, but um, Pete Alonso, 40 home run season. That's too too many words. Hey, hey, this is the year. Is Mac, perfect. Max Scherzer the- and Justin Verlander, best one-two punch in baseball. Am I right? <laughs> Gonna be the greatest over forty pitching duo ever. Those As new start food options at City Field are pretty crazy. Hey, we're selling a lot of tickets. The thing about this is the year that was so great is that people could interpret it any way that they wanted to. Hey, this is mm-hmm. the year that we think baseball is fun again. Hey, this is the year that the Mets win the NL East. Hey, this is the year that the Mets. Win the World Series. Hey, this is the year that the Mets really turned the stink of the Wilpon franchise around. Like, however you wanted to take it, you could take it. And so whatever I do this year has to kind of live up to that ambiguity standard. So I think that here, here's, what, here's what's the leader in the clubhouse right now. And our tipping pitches Mets fan contingent cohort in the Slack and on Twitter. I, I encourage you to reach out to me and let me know. If you think that this is a good one, if you would like to hear me say this to you, if you say, hey, let's go Mets, and you see me on the street, I'm going to point at people, and I'm going to say, in a similar tone, hey, keep the faith. (laughs) Say, that's right, let's go Mets, keep the faith. 
Yep, a little, a little sadder. Uh, right, you know, I had an to tone it back a little pain. bit. Right, yeah, of, of, of what happened last year about how it all went to shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but I like it. I do. Um, I I liked your note about being able to interpret the phrase kind of however you want, and and it got me thinking. I wonder if there was anyone last year who didn't make the connection, right? Who who didn't make the connection that you were a Mets fan talking to another Mets fan saying this is the year, and maybe instead like perceived it as a threat. Right, like a stranger passed them on the street and pointed and said, "This is the year." And so now they've just walked around for months, looking over their shoulder, wondering when this is finally going to happen. I'm coming for them, like John Wick, like the Baba Yaga. Exactly. (laughs) Doesn't matter where you go, he'll find you. Nah, dog. I never was the first. I was. I was never the initiator. I would only say this is the year if someone said, "Let's go Mets" to me. Mm. Um, Keep the faith is the leader in the clubhouse. How about, hey, we got to start somewhere. (laughs) You can't get back on the horse until you fall off. Am I right? (laughs) Hey, it's going to happen eventually. Most likely, statistically speaking, before I leave this earth. Not sure about you, stranger. Mm -hmm. Start talking about death. You you could be the A's, at least. That's pretty good, actually. That's pretty good. Maybe I'll mix it up. Maybe I'll have a couple different responses this year. Yeah, we should. I mean, you should do some A/B testing, right? Like throw a few out there, gather the responses, see sort of um, what the reaction is overall. I like where your head is at. This is why we work so well together. Collaboration Mm -hmm. is important in podcasting and in life. Uh, Speaking of collaboration, there's a lot of collaboration going on on this podcast. We were joined by so many guests: by Stephen Hessen and Jane Austen batting around, by Clinton Yates's text message. Right, by proxy. A, a write-in selection uh, by Becca Ansborough of the Tipping Pitches Slack to help us make the TP community selection. Uh, by Sarah Langs, Jake, Jake Minson, Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes Family Barbecue, Matthew Ritchie, Shakia Taylor, and of course each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it all starts with it all starts with you and me, Alex. <laughs> well, you're my favorite guest every week, Bobby. I'm going to choose you in the gift draft. I'm just going to be videoing you all year. <laughs> Make gifts out of you. It would actually be better if you were videoing me because I have more emotive reactions while watching you do, the sport yes. of baseball yeah. than you. I, the um, amount of gifts I could get out of your frustration when Stevie is barking in the background, you know? Uh, like, Yeah, dude. Mm. Yeah, dude. She's got to chill out. Her and I had a talk after last week's episode. Though, people seem to enjoy her contributions to the pod. More Stevie, yeah. they said. Right. More Stevie. To that I say... The barking is annoying after like an hour. Okay. It does get annoying after an hour. I love her a lot, but she's kind of annoying. Uh, This is the Tipping Pitches 2023 all gift draft. This is something that we've been doing for six years. This is the sixth installation of the Tipping Pitches all gift draft. That's pretty exciting. We don't really do that many things for six consecutive years, but this is one of those things. And I feel good about it. Wrote a newsletter about it about how much I love doing the gift draft because it is just a statement of purpose for the podcast and for the things that we love to talk about for the sport. So if you've never heard of gift draft, what we do is we invite our friends on, we draft our team, they draft the guest team, and we talk about the players who are most likely to produce the viral moments, gifts throughout the 2023 season. We don't really have a mechanism for scoring this draft, but it's not really about competitiveness. It's about verbalizing our appreciation for this sport and for the players who make it as fun as they do. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I really enjoy this exercise because 
um, it's maybe the only time that we talk about baseball here on this podcast. And you so I think it's that. a really good opportunity. Come on. We're, we're, we're the seminal minds of the baseball internet. <laughs> it, well, I know, but with, um, with no Tatis or rule changes to talk about, I mean, it's kind of, what do we really do anyway? I'm going to buy my talk tongue. About gifts. I brought it up multiple times throughout the separate recordings. Of oh, I know you did. did. <laughs> and on Twitter and on, uh, and on our Spotify poll and, uh, and in person, we worked it out in therapy. We are right. people. People saying we need to work it out in therapy on the pod. Some things we need to keep for ourselves, everyone. <laughs> Some things we need to have on our own. Not everything needs to happen on mic. I, I like. How do you How do you feel about doing a like a week long live stream of just you and me hanging out? We can't leave. We have to be by each other's side. Tipping pitches top Patreon tier, two hundred dollars a month, and we do a live stream. <laughs> Jesus, that kind of scares me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Why? Because it just reminds you of college. <laughs> take you back to that dark place yeah well almost i'm also just like i can't even stand to be around myself that long you know like god forbid we charge people for it yeah i would love to be around you for that long just for the record record i mean it's it's like happened before right i mean we've had weeks where we've been like oh yeah i we've been together 17 straight days okay Okay, here we go all gift draft 2023 off to the races Before we go, I am Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Baisley. And you are listening to Tipping Pitches. It's the 2023 Tipping Pitches All Gift Draft. We're joined by, honestly, what I would call in the podcasting world, a crowd. we got a lot of people on the Zoom right now. Alex uh, Baisley, dream, dream blunt rotation right here. Alex Baisley <laughs> was the final person into the Zoom. He was late by like seven minutes. He was still rolling the blunt, I guess. But now that he's here, we can all start passing it around. We are joined by Jane Ost and Stephen Hessen of the Batting Around podcast, which is our, you know, our frequent collaborator on silly ideas such as this one. So we yeah. thought that it would be appropriate for you guys to join us. For this episode. Thank you for being a part of this. I'm glad I could finally be here for one. I, uh, I couldn't make it to last year's. Um, had to have Steven represent us. But Steven, who did you select last year? I did I did us pretty well last year. I picked Shohei Otani. Yeah. Mm, heard of him. Uh, meanwhile, you guys uh, you guys picked uh, Nick Castellanos uh, <laughs> uh, right after me. He had some good moments, you know? Yeah, How about that did. sliding catch in the World Series? Pretty good. <laughs> If we were drafting sound bites, you know, like interview oh, yeah. clips, he oh. still he would have held oh, it down for us. Big but, time. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes. Uh, we are also joined by Becca Ansbro, the representative of the Tipping Pitches community, to help us select first overall the uh, leader in the poll that we put out to the patrons. Hi, Becca. How are you? I am well. This is my podcasting debut. And like I am overall or just overall. on uh, just on this spot? Never been on the podcast. Oh, wow. Never been wow. besides my voicemails. Yeah. So <laughs> that's excited true. Excited to be here live. It's great to have you. We're uh-huh. honored that you that you joined us to make the selection for the tipping pitches community. Uh, but we would like to roll out the red carpet for our guests to make the first overall selection because it's only fair. They are joining us so kindly. Uh, so I turn it over to you, Stephen Hessen. You're mm. going to make the first selection for batting around. I need you to know that this is absolutely agonizing to me. <laughs> um, I was hoping I was like c- coming up with a few ideas here and there. Um, and I was hoping that 
a few people would have gone before me so that I'd be able to clarify like, okay, cool. Like he's not an option. I'll go here. You might be the first person who's interested in trading down in the all gift draft. You're like, no, I'll take the fourth round pick. Totally, truly, because I, I like being that. I like being. I like coming out of left field. I like being that wild card. I like other uh, baseball metaphors for being a weirdo. Um, hmm. It's between two. I think you know what. Last year, you picked Nick Castellanos right out from under me, um, and you were gloating about it because you knew that. I was going to be posting a lot of Nick Castellanos gifts on online because he is a Philly and he is hot and he is fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were going to make you do our work for us. Bobby, I'm, oh, no. I'm going to snipe you. Oh, no. Uh, with my first selection, in light of recent events and news and rule changes, uh, I am going to select with the fir- my first pick, Max Scherzer. Okay. Good, good call. So, he was he was on my short list too. Near and dear to uh, the hearts of nearly everyone on this podcast. Becca, yeah. a Washington Nationals fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, me being a Mets fan. Jane wearing a Mets hat. You are an honorary Mets fan right now. Yeah. And yeah, Alex, I, I believe you selected Max Scherzer in the very first all gift draft that we did, which it was, which was just you versus me. Right. You selected him as um, kind of like the serial killer of Major League Baseball to, to yeah. draft some gifts of him muttering curse words under his breath to himself as he's delivering a pitch. So, Stephen, you alluded a little bit to the, the pitch clock. Yes. Is your selection of him primarily based around the shenanigans that he will no doubt get into this year? Am I am I allowed to talk about this? Yes. This yeah. end topic. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. So, okay, wait. This actually gives me opportunity to say... Does this apply to guests? I'm so sorry, Alex. <laughs> the topic was banned by Alex. As is my right, I put up a little cheeky little poll in the Spotify to see if the listeners agreed with the banning of the topic. And you know what? They didn't. So, wow. democracy wow. in action. One week later, Stephen, <laughs> I, I do think you are allowed to talk about it. It's only Alex and I with each other who Fair. are banned from speaking Fair. about the pitch clock. So, we just can't respond good. to anything that you say, unfortunately. <laughs> because I have a lot of things to say about Tony LaRusso's managing style. Uh, <laughs> About individual players and their NFTs. I know that that one's from last year, yeah, but uh, yeah. it's carrying over, and I still have a lot to discuss about that. Uh, Steven, would you like to talk a little bit about Max Scherzer and your selection? Yeah, so I think Max Scherzer is one of those players that's kind of always going to be a consideration for this because of just how he plays, how he emotes while playing, um, or doesn't in a very fun and interesting way. He's a fucking phenomenal pitcher. He's on a big team that gets a lot of attention that is going to be good this year. That's right. Um, I don't feel that strongly about that second part, but that's okay. But the, the Mets get a lot of attention even when they're bad. It's just true. Part arguably of more Mets, attention. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so no matter what, this would be a good pick, I think. Yeah, I think this would be a good pick in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. But what what pushes it over the top for me is... The man is like a fucking psychopath, specifically toward this pitch clock. Um, We've already gotten some shenanigans in spring training with him uh, uh, manipulating it to his advantage and sometimes to his disadvantage, uh, both of which were very funny. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see this play out over the course of an entire season. It's... 
it's it, it, I I don't think that I can go wrong here. What is the platonic ideal gif that Max Scherzer would create for you this year? Hmm. Is it like flipping I, off the pitch clock? You know, like no, <laughs> he's being I, I ejected think, for arguing about it. <laughs> I think maybe like him quick pitching, like 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 running down the clock and then quick pitching the batter when he's not ready, and then just kind of like staring dead eyed into the middle distance at like a shark as he is wont mm-hmm. to do uh, a, a heterochromatic shark. Um. He's great. I've always liked him. I, I've always found it to be a bummer when he has been on not one but two of my division rivals. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my pick. I think I the I think my favorite type of Scherzer like gif or type of like Scherzer moment to capture is when he's just like snarling while mm. he's you know while he's uh I mean it used to be when he was like reading signs from the catcher or something, but now they guess I guess they don't have that with the pitch com, but. I still think there's plenty of like good snarling that we could get out of. Oh him yeah, we could get season. like a him uh, unintentionally violating the pitch clock, getting like a pitch clock violation, and That's then true. like uh, screaming an obscenity. Yeah, that, that screamed obscenities are always great as gifts. Mm-hmm. He's also going to be wearing the pitchcom this year. He mm-hmm. will get to have his own pitchcom on the mound, which. Uh, it could lead to like a, you know how like a seven-year-old gets mad when they lose in a PlayStation game and chucks the controller yeah, against yeah, the yeah. wall? He yes. could do that. If it doesn't work, you know, he might just launch one into the stands. I, I, I have that. visions of him doing the like LeBron, right? Where he where he kind of acts like he's out of breath and he like <laughs> needs to wait a second <laughs> totally. and saunters up to the rubber. And then, like you said, Steven, quick pitches in like 0.2 seconds and catches the batter off guard. Like it's going to happen by the time April's over. I have a feeling. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, we're up. The second overall selection, the first selection for the Tipping Pitches podcast team. Becca, I turn it over to you. The polls are in. We have our result. A last minute, neck and neck photo finish. Who's it going to be? We are going to be taking Seattle sweetheart, Julio Rodriguez. Very good pick. Uh, Very good pick. The community just, they never let us down. They They never let us down. It was a great pick. Uh, Becca, do you want to talk a little bit about Julio? So Julio was chosen both for this first overall pick for our team, as well as the player with the best vibes in our tipping pitches end of year Patreon survey that we sent out to people. So as the voice of the tipping pitches community on this episode, can you speak to a little bit why we're all so obsessed with Julio? Yeah, I mean, I think picking him for the best vibes was the right answer here. And it kind of translates over to gifts pretty well. Outside of his just incredible baseball ability, I think it helps that he's on a fun team like the Mariners. So we're going to get him being a little goofy. Uh, if we have another, uh, what was it, the All-Star game where he was messing with Liam Hendricks, I hope we get more of that. Mm-hmm. That that made for some good content. So I think I think the Tipping Pitches community did well with this one. That's been a really big thing that we have, I think, realized as we've gone through this draft is the importance of the surrounding cast of characters, yeah. right? right? Like yeah. you can exist in a vacuum and be a great fun player, but having people that you can kind of play off of, right? We picked White Sox players in the past, like Tim Anderson, cause that's a similarly sort of young and fun team. And Julio, I feel like, like you said, he's got JP Crawford around him, right? Mm. He's got 
other Mariners players that I'm familiar <laughs> with as well. <laughs> they play in the division of your favorite team. You should know. This was, um, this was like, you sort of opened my eyes to this concept of needing either like a Robin to your Batman or sort of like a wider cast for creating gifts when you selected Adrian Beltre way back when in the day. Because what would Adrian Beltre gifts be without Elvis Andrews trying to touch his head all the time? Like, he just right. wouldn't create <laughs> such viral moments necessarily. The, the John to his Paul, I'm always Right, saying. exactly. Well, I mean, Beltre is great on his own, too, when he picked up the batter's box and moved it so that it, it could be, so that he couldn't get, I don't know, warned by the umpire for it. But that idea of being around other players who you can create viral moments with, I think, is uh, not to be ignored in yeah. the gift draft. and. I mean, Julio is like, he is the face of baseball, kind of, right now. He's the the player that I think th- that MLB is most actively invested in getting as many, getting in, getting in front of as many people as possible. Maybe him and Soto. I think that mantle was held by Tatis a few years ago, but obviously some things have changed. I can't say anything more yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I will, van- I will violate the ban <laughs> topics. Um, but Julio is like a, a, a fan favorite across all of baseball and the fact that the Mariners was such a feel good story last year um, I think vaults him sort of into this range he's also like good at the actual sport you know like he'll make that gifts of like highlight mm-hmm. catches too, home runs he's a, a very fun player to actually watch play baseball too okay Jane you're up third right. selection first in the second round alright so we just had the world baseball classic it was incredibly exciting. There was a ton of great moments from that. Uh, I, in fact, got so excited watching Puerto Rico versus Dominican Republic that I smashed my TV right after the last pitch. But based on how fun that was, uh, seeing Edwin Diaz get that last hit, uh, uh, you know, pitch to, to get that upset. Uh, I'm going with Edwin Diaz for uh, the best, best gifts coming up this year. Okay. Is he going to play? Did something happen right after that last pitch? Oh, Jesus, Jane. I don't, I I thought this was a bit at first. It is a bit. Come on. It's a bit. bit. Come on. It's a bit. Yes, of course I know Edwin Diaz. (laughs) The longest moment of silence in the history of the podcast. (laughs) I know. Jane, oh my God. I'm so sad. I'm sorry. I think it was was just too too hurtful for Bobby. Yeah, too close to home. Too close to home for Bobby that it just bombed and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, uh, Someone that was, I do want to, my real pick. If, so if I was picking this to win whatever this gift was, I would pick Shohei Otani. It mm-hmm. was, it was Steven's pick, first overall pick last year. Yeah. I think it's a no brainer that that's what I'd be going with. But I'm here to help people with their sleeper gift picks. Yeah. All right. Uh, and if in your, your leagues, Shohei's probably already taken. Juan Soto is probably already taken. A lot of these guys are already taken. I'm going to give you one that's probably flying under the radar. Luis Arise. Okay. Oh, I yeah. love it. Close to uh, home pick for you, too. It, it was. Not not so much anymore because yeah. he's now in Miami, uh, which I do think was a good trade. Uh, Miami fans have fun watching him try to play second base again. <laughs> <laughs> but during the World Baseball Classic, if it, w- it were not for an incredible home run uh grand slam by by that twink trey turner 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been like the Luis Arise game, <laughs> the Venezuela US one, where he somehow pulled out some power that we've never seen. He's never hit two home runs in his life in a game before. Uh, he hit two big, like, go ahead home runs in that game. And I, I was, I was hoping that that would springboard a little bit more attention to him because, I mean, he's won the batting title last year, you know, took it away from, took the triple crown away from Aaron Judge by doing that. But he's Sick always an extremely fun guy to watch. He dances around in the batter's box and like, you know, a way kind of like one people love about Juan Soto, you know, where he, he'll like, you know, just spit on a pitch as it goes by and then dance around a little bit or shake his head. Like, no, no, no. Uh, really, really fun guy to watch. He's a short king. He's, uh, got a, got a boyish little charming face. Ton of fun. Hopefully in Miami, he can, uh, he can stay healthy because he has the knees of a 50 year old. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, help their offense a bit and not be too much of a butcher, uh, back at second base. <laughs> but, uh, Luis Arise. That is my pick, and that is my sleeper gift draft pick to help you win your gift draft leagues. I love imagining that like there are mm-hmm. leagues of gift fantasy players all yeah. around the I've world got, who are I've just got... waiting on this this <laughs> yeah. very valuable information. I've had I've had a rise in my keeper league for years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, you note that he's maybe a question mark defensively at second base. Very, very much so, yeah. That could make for a good gif. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a positive play. You could you could bobble it off your own face. You it know, could. yeah. I was about could. to build off that. Like, yeah, I I think this is a this is a great pick because you got the good and you got the bad and you got the the emotion the the mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Thoughts on Luis Arias, Alex? You uh, have been noted. A noted Miami Marlins defender over the years. You're a fan <laughs> of their pitching rotation. And so every year you try to tell me, you know who's sneaky good? And then you just like talk about Marlins players for five minutes and my brain just shuts <laughs> off. But <laughs> <laughs> do you want to make the case for why the Marlins are actually going to win the NL East? No, I don't. No. <laughs> um, but I will, so what makes Arise so interesting, right, is he's the kind of player that just doesn't exist anymore. Right? Exactly. He has more walks than strikeouts in his career, right? And again, it's like a bit of a volume shooter where he puts the bat on ball so much, Mm -hmm. the opportunities are just there for more gifts, right? As you mentioned, I think um, uh, I I don't want to defend the Marlins and uh, I don't think Luis Arise does uh, either. Um, (laughs) But that's okay because I think those opportunities give rise to uh, pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know, <Ooh>. like the <laughs> yeah, you're talking like a bunch of Yankees fans over here Ooh. making rise puns. <laughs> oh god, I don't know. I I love. Wait, the can we it's, reclaim it's, it's traditional? We should yeah. reclaim all rise for a Louis, Luis Arias. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> I think so. Let's go. Yeah, there, Yankees fans just be so mad. <laughs> before he got traded, there was a company up here making a rise 316 uh, uh, t-shirts because he hit three for 316 when he won the batting title uh-huh. but I, I like uh, some some arise you know slash the bible slash stone cold steve austin i think is pretty good too but yeah, yeah just if, as long as you can just make yankees fans a little bit more more upset i perfect. mean he's he's also i don't know what number he's gonna wear on the marlins but he yeah. was number two on mm-hmm. the twins right, right. so we yes. can kind of re- two birds one stone Greatest right number there. two to yeah. ever be associated with the Miami Marlins, perhaps. Yeah, that's my captain. <laughs> perhaps. 
Just put him at shortstop, dog. Marlins don't have anyone to play shortstop this year. <laughs> His knees would just fucking explode if you tried to put him at shortstop for, for more than about two innings. Good luck to him. He definitely is a throwback type of player. I love him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. this is a good selection. Uh, now that we've sufficiently pissed off the Yankees fans, as is our want. I pissed off all gonna, of New York during that We are that now going to really. reel them back in. <laughs> Just like we always do, because Tipping Pitches is a Yankees podcast with the fourth overall selection in the 2023 All-Gift Draft. We're going to select Nestor Cortez, the starting pitcher Love it. for the New York Yankees. Man, this guy is so much fun. God mm-hmm. damn it, he's a lot of fun. And I hate it when the Yankees have players that are more fun than the other players. I know. like It's bad. It's impossible to root against this guy. He's so sweet. He like is just exuding joy and love of the game on the yeah. on the field. I know that they're trying to change the balk rules to which I'm also not allowed to talk about, I guess. I know that this was a wild ban by you, dog. Like we just are not going to be able to talk about <laughs> so many things this year. But I know that some stuff with his delivery might be sort of in flux this year whether he's actually allowed to do some of these things that he does. But either way, he's going to find a way to be funky and weird out there. And I, it's just impossible not to root for a guy like that. And from the GIF perspective, he is doing things that look different than every other player on Major League Baseball field. And he's also like a s- sneaky great athlete. Like the way that he feels the position, the highlights that he makes um, in the field, covering first base, that sort of thing. And he's a, a little bit of a prankster too. He like pulls yeah. positive personality traits out of New York Yankees players, which is, is no is, joke. It's hard to do. That is magic. Uh, so he might not have quite the supporting cast that someone like Julio Rodriguez has in terms of likable players, but he makes them seem likable, which is honestly more impressive. I feel like uh, I feel like we're doing the tipping pitches community right. Becca, what do you have a take on Nestor? No, I agree with everything you said. I do have to backtrack for a second. Um, I just appreciate that even though Alex showed up late, he did seamlessly fill in the Miami Marlins role. Uh, <laughs> right before you got on, we pointed out that uh, Stephen and Jabo have on their NL East hats and I have on <laughs> my NL East sweatshirt. And we said, who's taking the Marlins? No one volunteered. Little did we know. Yeah, we, yeah, we <laughs> all didn't know until you are gone. Yeah. No, but Nasty Nestor is a great pick. I mean, I hope that they don't change the bulk rules, but Manfred doesn't like to have fun, so it wouldn't be surprising. Um, but I, I think the, uh, the mustache helps. I think. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. waiting for someone to mention the mustache. That's I'm true. like, am I really going to be the first one? <laughs> no, don't worry about it, Steven. You're absolutely right. The mustache does help. No. And you know, I don't think that new, any new rules are really going to hurt him too much. He's not a guy that like, you know, relies just like on vo- like a ton of velocity or anything. He's a crafty guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's not like he a, does. he's 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 not built like you'd you'd expect a starting pitcher to be built like these days. Uh, he's like kind of a crafty guy. I think I think he's he's a fighter. He'll, he's clearly yeah. flexible He'll and adjustable. Yeah, so if they right. change the rule that changes his delivery, like he's not going to have a problem with that. Exactly. He will and, literally throw with the other hand if he has to. You know, <laughs> that like, would be sick. Yeah, and and you know, you mentioned the cast of characters around him. It gave me an idea. We should do like a she's all that sort of thing <laughs> where Nestor Cortez has to make Josh Donaldson seem likable. <laughs> <laughs> like by the all-star game, can you make Josh Donaldson uh, <laughs> like get a positive media hit in there about him? If he can, we might have to just like elect him president because yeah. that yeah. would be really bringing the country together. Truly yeah. a feat. 
Um, I do appreciate that the two pitchers taken are kind of polar opposites. We have mm-hmm. Scary Max and Happy Nestor. Totally. Yeah. I think <laughs> totally. Both totally. very givable for very different reasons. Yeah. I think that those guys would have a fun time hanging out, personally. I yeah. think so, too. Mm-hmm. Max I think that like they would really respect each other's crafts. Yeah. Max looks like so much fun in his off days. He's just wearing all like slinky athletic wear. Dude is wearing shorts everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I love that guy. I would like to see him get ejected for pitching about the pitch clock when he is not pitching. Max? Oh, yeah. I want yes. one of the other Mets pitchers to get called on it and Max just starts drawing at the umpire. So, okay, wait. The pitch clock, which I am not allowed to talk about. You can't about, talk about it. I'm just going to keep talking about it. If uh-huh. I were to ask a question about the pitch clock, this question would be... <laughs> <laughs> for argument's sake, for Nestor right. Cortez. Hypothetically speaking. It's when your wind-up starts, right? So he can do all his funky little pauses and shenanigans. It's just he has to start the wind-up by the time the pitch clock has ended, right? He doesn't have to release the ball by then. I mean, for, I, I think it's when you lift up your lead leg. <laughs> so Alex, if you were to answer me, it would be, the answer <laughs> would think, be this. I think in theory, it would be when you would generally speaking lift up your lead leg okay pitch clock would hypothetically stop okay great thank you for hypothetically answering that question i am so excited to to track your podcast throughout the season (laughs) um and just see like how long you guys go talking like like continuing to talk about all the rule changes but mm-hmm. constantly like framing them and <laughs> and talking around that they are technically banned even though yeah. you're still talking about I'm going to be documenting all of your violations of this and then filing a class action <laughs> lawsuit on behalf of <laughs> all, all of, of our your listeners, Jane, listeners. We'll do yeah. we'll leading the investors yeah. I'm in a civil litigations class right now I, I can <laughs> oh, I'll learn a couple things in you're 10 so weeks cooked. I'm going to I'm going to sue you Becky Jane. you're in law school too you can defend us I'm not a good lawyer. Again, well, you're the only lawyer we got. So, Jane, we just we just watched Brockmire. We can take him to Kangaroo Court. That's true. That's true. That is yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Kangaroo Court is the appropriate place to mm-hmm. litigate this. I think. Just um, know that the tipping pitches fan union is already mobilizing, and they're not. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> if there's not three minutes of just like a bleeped out uh, section in this episode, there might be some issues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have we have demands for management and we must be met at the table. <laughs> By like May 1st, we're going to, the whole podcast is going to be spoken in like that 1990 like video game speak. Like, you come to a pitch clock violation. <laughs> you have the choice of bringing up the pitch clock violation. Yeah, just talking like to Yoda your left, doesn't get you, you out of it. you see the angry listeners. <laughs> to your right, you see a boring podcast. Which way do you choose, player? <laughs> um, Jane Oss, Stephen yes, Hessen, Bad yes. Around Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. It's always Thank such you. a pleasure being here. Yep, love it. And Becca Ansbro, you did us a solid by being the voice of the Tipping Pitches community. Thank you so much. Well done. Hey, you know what? Anything to keep the community together. You know, we're we're not looking too kindly upon you two right now. So <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I, I came water. here to let you know oh that gosh. more than anything. First round, there's already blood in the water. Okay. <laughs> On one from Jansen. Okay, Alex. Round number three. You know, we were supposed to be joined by Clinton Yates, but this is a tipping pitches first. Clinton is famous for these tipping pitches firsts. Last year, he uh, selected Buck Showalter, a manager, testing the limitations of the rules of this event. 
We weren't even sure if you were allowed to select a manager until Clinton did it. And we were like, you know what? Good idea. I guess you're allowed to select a manager. Uh, Clinton was supposed to join us, but then something came up and he was not able to, yet he still wanted to get his pick in. So Clinton Yates has a write-in pick this year that I am going to share in his stead. Clinton is picking Tristan McKenzie, who he thinks is finally settled into being a big league star, and he expects his smile and infectious energy slash line to be off the chart. This is a great pick. Mm-hmm. Has has uh, Sticks been selected before? I don't think he has. I don't think he has, no. Which, you know, I think you can attribute to it being his first couple of years in the league, so getting his feet under him. But yeah. it's it's very clear that, like, he is at the point now where he's ready to break out, right? Um, and again, just another really enjoyable player to watch that does not look like the average Major League Baseball player in 2023, you know? Um, and I really appreciate that. Um, I did see an alert uh, from about 20 minutes ago that he was pulled from his spring training start, so we're connected. Oh, no. See how this... We may have more information tomorrow. Um, but... Barring anything major, this is a great pick from Clinton. I mean, six. He's he's that dude. Cy Young, twenty twenty three. Here here it comes. Five picks so far. Three starting pitchers. Usually not the route that everybody goes. No, but I guess that's just how the draft board is shaken out this year. Yeah, man. The starting pitchers back on top, and everyone wants to talk about offense. You know why? Because everybody heard my rant about pitcher wins. That's yep. why. Uh-huh. They're like, pitcher wins. We better get some starters in the all-gift draft. The triumphant image of the pitcher realizing that they've locked down the pitcher win for the day. Right, <laughs> exactly. For they, just hit their, they just hit their contract incentive for 15 <laughs> wins. It's all about getting these players paid, man. You know, that's our, that's our vibe. Uh, okay, we are up to pick number six. Our selection in the third round. Would you like to do the honors? Of course, that is the that is the once and future king of Philadelphia sports. One Trey Vance Turner. Vance. Vance. Wow, Vance. You a big Vance Joy guy? No, no. <laughs> is that a thing? What big Vance Joy guys? Yeah, <laughs> none that I've ever met. But you know, I keep asking around. <laughs> uh, Trey Turner feels kind of tailor made for this, and I don't know that. Has he been picked before? Maybe he not maybe, to my recollection. Maybe he went in the last couple of years. I don't know, but I feel like the last couple of years he has been turning out gifts to the point where it would be a dereliction of our, of our duties if he was not represented here in the draft. Obviously, I feel like the one that everyone's mind jumps to is his slides at home plate, right? right. Like that's the that's his tool that that stands out. But do you think that he decides ahead of time? Like the before the game starts, when he's going to do that kind of slide, he's like, "Today is one of those days." <laughs> That's a good question, but I, I, I would hope that it's not that it's more impulsive than that. You know, mm-hmm. as he's scampering down the third base line. Great. Word. I want him like like reading the field as it happens. He's a bit of a scamperer. Yeah, That's how I would describe his running style. Yeah, the the slides alone are reason enough to select him, but. He also is a very aesthetically pleasing baseball player. And that's not just even a comment on his boyish, charming, good looks. It's he does the things that are fun to visually watch while playing. He has that one hand swing where he lets go with his with his guiding hand 
at the end of his swing, which is very aesthetically pleasing. He's obviously fast. He plays a middle infield position. He is now going to be on a team with some people who seem to be friends with him. So we are having that boosted effect of uh, him getting to hang out with Bryce Harper, who has been selected in this draft many a times, and Kyle Schwarber, JT Realmuto. I don't know if any of these people are friends with the very boring Zach Wheeler, but you know, this is a good team who's going to be in the spotlight a lot. And Trey Turner is kind of the, the central new piece to this team. So it's a, it's a good pick. I'm complimenting our own pick, but uh, I'm complimenting it because you were pushing for it. So, yeah, I feel good about it too. And we need at least one Philly representative. I feel like I do feel like that is a, I don't uninten- unintentional mainstay. I don't feel that way. Mm. No. <laughs> uh, okay. We'll come back in just a second with our next guest, Sarah Langs. Turner to left field and deep. Peralta back. It is gone. We are on to round four, 2023, all gift draft. We have the pleasure of being joined for the first time for the gift draft. By Sarah Langs, MLB Network reporter, researcher, overall baseball Twitter star and legend. Sarah, it is our honor. Thank you for joining us here on the pod. Oh, my goodness. One intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is awesome. I, uh, as you referred to, tweet a lot about baseball, yes, but also really tried to keep track of those really good gift moments. So <laughs> I feel like this is perfect. And I was thinking back to moments from last year as uh, as I was kind of preparing for this when you reached out. So uh, mm-hmm. this is awesome. Thank I- you. I love the varying degrees to which people like do their own preparation for this, right? Like some people, again, like we'll go listen to last year's, we'll go through like the pitching ninja Twitter, we'll create like a big board with picks and and backup picks. Um, that process is arguably just as fun to me as as sitting down and making the the picks themselves and and ruling names off the list. Um, but we're so glad you could join us. You're an oft um, requested guest by many of our listeners. <laughs> um, oh my so we're, we're we're glad to finally make it happen. Oh my gosh! Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I will say, um, I am proud to say this is probably the least amount of preparation I've had <laughs> to do for a podcast. Good. That's a good That's thing right. because usually it's like, hey, who's going to lead the league in homers? And I have to go through fan graphs and go through zips and everything. This is, hey, who are the most fun players in baseball? That I've got, I think. <laughs> I mean, that's why we made it. It's because we wanted to make create the least amount of work for ourselves. So you are reaping the benefit of Alex and I's laziness from 2018. <laughs> it's still paying dividends. Uh, okay, I gave you a quick uh, briefing of who's already been selected. For the listener's sake, I'm going to run through those names and who selected them very quickly right here. And then I will turn it to you, Sarah. The selections so far have been Max Scherzer, made by Stephen Hessen of Batting Around, uh, Julio Rodriguez, made by the Tipping Pitches Patreon community, selected by Becca Ansborough. Um, uh, third overall was Luis Arias, selected by Jane Austin of Batting Around, and we selected Nasty Nestor Cortez. And then uh, fifth overall, Tristan McKenzie, selected by Clinton Yates in a write-in ballot this year because he was unable to join us, unfortunately. And then sixth, over- sixth overall, we selected Trey Turner, he of the beautiful, gorgeous, aesthetically pleasing slides and that wonderful one-hand swing. 
So you have uh, quite a selection to follow up. So we turn it over to you, Sarah Lang, seventh overall pick in the 2023 All Gift Draft. Who are you going to take? I do want to say I thought Julio would be the number one overall pick, and I was hoping I might have that pick and <laughs> I might get to take him. Max is a great choice, too. I love that. Obviously, everything he does on the mound. But I thought Julio was like far and away number one. So I love that we have some intrigue here. I am going to surprise nobody who follows me or knows the players I talk about most and take Juan Soto, mm-hmm. who is a very fun and exciting player, of course, but also celebrator, as we saw In the WBC, even though the DR didn't have a great WBC, he did. He hit close (laughs) to 500, hit a couple of home runs, and we saw him celebrating with Julio in the outfield when Julio made that great catch against Puerto Rico after the other play prior. He is a really fun player visually, and I feel like that will be on display in a big way, not to mention the fact The Padres have their really fun sort of uh, finger-pointing celebration, and he's a big part of that. Maybe I'm slightly biased here also by the fact that the Brooklyn Nets' Mikhail Bridges was talking again last night about how much he likes to imitate that celebration, (laughs) talking about how he watches baseball and he loves that Padres celebration. That is a big uh, Manny Machado and Juan Soto thing. You you brought up the World Baseball Classic, and it's something that you know we've never really had got the opportunity to do the draft sort of amid or on the heels of the World Baseball Classic, and it almost feels a little bit unfair because it's like I mean unfair, but it's also a perfect preview of the season, right? Seeing the almost like the MLB GIF draft combine, right? <laughs> like we get to we get to see it all out on yeah, display. bro. They did the World Baseball <laughs> Classic for us. That's definitely just why for just for us to do the gift draft. Yeah, <laughs> Soto is a great selection. He's been taken quite a few times at this point because he's been in baseball for so long now, despite the fact that he's only like twenty four. Um, Langs, for you, how has Soto aged? Like, how much has he changed as a persona from when he came up and he was a young, fresh face with the Nats in twenty nineteen? How has your love for his game and his playing style? grown over the years and um i guess what do you expect from from him in san diego this year because those that's a team with high expectations the first time that they've been projected to actually win that division basically ever like since we were projecting team wins so a lot of pressure but also you know that soto loves and thrives on pressure he does and you know um to answer the second question first about the expectation i wrote a story probably a month ago about how I expect him based on the numbers to be at the one sort of that we are used to in 2023. I think a lot of factors went into last year. Obviously, there are a lot of intangibles that I can't define. Nobody can define with stats, but being traded, rumors, all of that going on is certainly not easy to play through. So that may have had some sort of effect. But if you look at stuff like expected stats, Juan Soto also had some unlucky breaks, if you look at that. Now, the expected stats, which are based on the contact he made, we're still not in the echelon we're used to for him. But they do show us that he was better than the backup, like a baseball card might tell you, which is very important. It also tells us, if you look at his baseball smart page, he didn't make as much hard contact 
or as much line drive contact as he normally does. This is an outstanding hitter. So to your first question, he has certainly gotten better since he's been in the league. But what has amazed me from day one is that plate discipline. We saw it in the minors, and we saw it when he debuted in 2018. And if anything, he has even gotten more discerning. So I think knowing that that is the baseline, you can have a lot of faith that a really great hitter who still compares to Ted Williams at this age and moving forward, it's going to be really good again this year. Actual talent on a baseball field is something that I think often gets underrated in the, in the gift draft. Right. But, but like Soto is the perfect example of like, he's going to do something no matter, no matter what, right? Like it, whether he succeeds or fails, he's going to wow you. And also he's probably going to succeed most of the time, which yeah. helps his case. The baseline, so like the baseline gif of him that that gets circulated and shared that is so fun every time is him just spitting on a pitch that's like right on the borderline and him knowing that it's on the borderline and turning and looking at the pitcher and being like, you know that was on the borderline, I know that was on the borderline and I still spit on it, um, which I love and it happens, you know, dozens of times a week for him because he's so <laughs> tremendous. But then I think like the ceiling with him too is really great because you think back to that 2019 wildcard moment of him just being overwhelmed with joy and exuberance after he after the error in right field with Trent Grisham and he's rounding second he still gets thrown out somehow but he's celebrating while he's getting tagged out so he has both like a steady baseline of what he creates from a gift perspective obviously as a player too but then <laughs> also a very very high ceiling that he can reach at times too because of his you know uh exuberant personality he does. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that with 2019 because my sort of go-to gift with him, and I actually think on my phone, on Twitter, you know, if you click gifts, it has like, what's your most recent or most used, something like that. I think this one still is for me. It's him standing in left field in Houston in 2019, putting his hands up to the sky and celebrating right as the game was ending when they won the World Series. And I think 2019 was a really important moment for everybody in baseball and around baseball to see that it's not just this young player who is such a great plate discipline, such a great hitter, but that he does have that personality that's out there on the biggest stage. And it was there from day one, but seeing it, on national games, in World Series games, in that moment where he hit the home run off Clayton Kershaw in Game 5 of the NLDS that year. I think that that's where you really see that emotion. And going back to the WBC, I mean, that's where we got to see a lot of this too. So I do wonder if this draft would have looked different if it was done three weeks ago. Like, I wonder if Trey Turner was more on the mind because of everything he did, even though yeah. that wasn't even his slots. Yeah, man, he had a great WBC. So I'm yeah. just really, I'm quaking <laughs> in my boots with him being against back against me in the NL East this year as a Mets fan. But um, he's a tremendous player. Very fun to watch, which is why we selected him. Okay, Alex, it's time for us to to do our deed and, and select eighth overall. Uh, Langs, with you here, baseball savant wizard that you are, uh, we decided that we would uh, uh, hew our pick towards that and select O'Neill Cruz, who does things on a baseball field that like maybe literally no one else has ever done, you mm-hmm. know, and 
I think sometimes like the baseball savant screenshot doesn't always necessarily translate to the play being that visually noticeable. Like sometimes a guy cracks one one ten off the bat, but if it's a ground ball and these these like the the fielder fields it cleanly, it can be hard to tell that that was a sensational exit velocity necessarily. But what's so amazing about O'Neill Cruz is that it pretty much always looks unbelievable too. Everything he does, the way the ball jumps off of his bat, just the arm strength, the height of him on the field in the middle of the diamond, being able to make these plays with these super long arms and just unbelievable twitchy athleticism. And uh, he's just a remarkably noticeable baseball player on the field. And so I think that that was what kind of got him on our long list. Alex, you had him, you actually were the one that had him on your long list and I had left him off. So do you want to wax a poetic a little bit about kind of one of the few things that's fun to watch about the Pittsburgh Pirates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he feels like he is the perfect kind of candidate for this draft, right? Because he's got the loud sort of tools. He's got the swagger on the baseball field. Obviously, it hurts a little bit that, like, he's not necessarily in an environment that, uh, you know, the, with a rising tide that kind of lifts all the boats. Um, but he... Put him on the, get, put him on the Padres, bro. <laughs> Yeah, actually. Um, but like, no matter, because he's got the the tools, he's going to have the standout plays, right? And like you mentioned, Bobby, I think it's kind of interesting because sometimes those don't necessarily translate to like that wow moment, right? It's like he just hit the hardest baseball that we've ever tracked, and it was a single to right field, right? And you're like, okay. <laughs> but I'm still going to watch the ball come off that bat a hundred Times. Sometimes it's, he hits it off the end of the bat and it like bounce one hops the wall. And I'm like, what yeah. is happening here? I just right. don't and understand. They, they how asked he's him real. about it after the game, and he's like, Yeah, I didn't realize I actually hit it that hard. And I'm like, <laughs> What? <laughs> um, Sarah, I'd love to hear your perspective on him. Again, being someone who's like so immersed in a lot of these um stats and like looking at different ways to sort of think about baseball players, what kind of stands out to you about O'Neill Cruz? I mean, as you guys said, it's those measurable tools. It's that amazing arm and all of that strength. But for this draft, another part of it that I really like is that he plays in PNC. And you have that beautiful background in the visual of any gift that comes out of a home game, right? You're probably going to get some home runs into the Allegheny. We're going to have boats going up to that or maybe a dog jumping into the water, whatever (laughs) it might be. So I feel like that's kind of part of it too, the aesthetics. But as you said, I mean, he's been in the majors for basically a year now. Uh, If you count like two games at the end of 21 and then last year, he already had the hardest hit ball. Draft by Sagas, which shook a lot. Up and Jun Carlos San, who had had the individual hardest hit ball in every season under Sackass, and then O'Neill Cruz came and said, Nope, I'm gonna go past this. <laughs> and then he has the hardest throws we've seen from shortstop, and everything he does is kind of at the top of the leaderboard like that. I also think that because his biggest moments are very event based. A big home run, a big throw, something like that. That also translates really well to being a gift. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily going to be the, you know, uh, basic clearing double or walk off double, triple, whatever. It's going to be a very 
discreet event for him given this team and everything else, which I think uh, translates as well. I like that you pointed out where he actually plays too, because I feel like that's something that actually does not come up very often when we're talking about gifts, but like is huge, right? In like setting the environment. And and as you mentioned, PNC is a gorgeous setting, right? I mean, you could drop any player in there and I'd watch him hit baseballs all day, except for the Pittsburgh Pirates. But like otherwise, <laughs> um, we're going so hard at the Pirates, but you know, know what? really for no reason. We did just, just draft one of their players. It's directed at Bob Nunning. It's not, it has nothing to do with O'Neill Cruz. It's not his fault. Um, I'm yeah, I'm excited to watch him all year. I uh, of course there's going to be growing pains as there is with any young player, and he has a lot of swing and miss in his game that are not going to be made into gifts. But that doesn't really matter for the purposes of this podcast. This podcast is about the highlights. It's about the ups, not the downs. So uh, Lang's Juan Soto, great choice. We got O'Neill Cruz. Thank you so much for joining us on the 2023 All Gift Draft. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. I love this and I can't wait to see the full list. (laughs) Payoff pitch. And a high fly ball to deep right field. Juan Soto has left the yard. First time in a Padres uniform. The Soto shuffle will make his way all the way around to tie the score. One to one. All right. It's a yearly tradition. They're here to do the gift draft. They're here to make fun of us for not being as good at the gift draft as them. It's Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes Family Barbecue. Hello, gentlemen. It's nice to share a Zoom link with you. I uh, am a year older, a year wiser, and a year kinder, and I have no intention to make fun. And a year less handsome. And a year less handsome than you and Alex, (laughs) and that is true. But I have no intention to make fun of anyone. I will not demean for your inability to properly cover the sport of baseball. Jordan? (laughs) <laughs> yeah no i agree uh we're just here to make good picks and, and get better so that's really what this is yeah. about and um we, one one pick at a time <laughs> as always we feel confident in our board and uh we look forward to finding out who will not be available for us to select i actually feel like the last few times we've done this um you know we we make a board and we're like oh these guys will be have been taken and then you give us all the names and it's like oh actually they're still available and then we're like oh crap we have so many options but as I understand it, we always do this. Jake and I are drafting together. We have crafted our board together, but we get to take two picks in total. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Uh, okay, I'm going to give you the the lowdown of who has been selected already and who selected them. You have not heard this information yet, so we'll see if anybody on this board was on your board. Uh, first overall pick, Max Scherzer, made by Stephen Hessen of the Batting Around podcast. Julio Rodriguez, second overall, made by... Tipping Pitches fan community via Becca Ansbro, friend of yours. <laughs> uh, she came on to represent the Patreon. Luisa Rise, third overall, made by Jane Ost. Nestor Cortez by the Tipping Pitches podcast. Tristan McKenzie by Clinton Yates via write-in because he was unable to join the Zoom. That is the most First Clinton Yates in- thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. My man, my man sent a telegram. Hey, can you come on the pod? No, but I can write you a letter. Last year was the first time uh, a manager had ever been selected when Clinton took Buck Showalter, and this year was the first time someone ever picked without actually coming on the podcast. The so Clinton is famous for first. <laughs> but he's allowed to do that because he nailed the Buck pick. Oh, I know. It was an amazing pick. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, then we took Trey Turner. Uh, Sarah Langs came on and took Juan Soto. And then we, most recently, took O'Neill Cruz. So that brings mm. it to you guys for the ninth overall selection. 
in the 2023 gift draft. Okay. So to be clear, we'll pick and then you're going to pick another one, correct? Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. Yes. Okay. One second. Jordan and I need so, to just do a quick bit of texting. Uh, yes. Yes. I think this is how the magic you, happens. <laughs> I, I like I like your pick. I like your picks here. Um, here's a word. Not yeah. We're we're not going to take. Uh, so last year, I believe we took jazz and we still love jazz and we're going to leave jazz on the board because so jazz is available. We nailed that. Like we won. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and honestly, he's like still our franchise. Like I still believe in jazz. But for the purposes of like interesting podcast content, we're not just going to repeat every, all the things we, we, we love jazz for. So we're going to skip him. And I think the first pick is like such a no brainer. And the fact that we have, have still, you know, we've gone now a while without watching him. We're taking Tatis. Um, nice. As much as. See, the, Hell yeah. the, well, when you think about what you're looking for in a, in a top gift draft um, player, you're looking for someone who is going to be, there are going to be a lot of cameras on him at all, all the time, right? So you need not just the regular broadcast angle, you need additional broadcast cameras being devoted to this player at all times while they are in the game. And Tatis is just, he is that. And because we haven't actually got to watch him play baseball for a year, I think we are forgetting the kinds of highlights and the kinds of emotions that he makes us feel while he is on a baseball field. And I think that he is perfect for this. Jake? The Padres are going to be hyper-relevant, whether they are good or they are bad. And that is another big reason why Tatis was so high on our board. And Jordan, you make a great point. When he comes back at the end of April... He's going to be everywhere. Like, there are going to be videos, pictures, GIFs, even, maybe. And so, even though he did take, you know, Traba Baba's a lol or Klosta Bebble, Babble Dibble, <laughs> like, our program has no issue with cheating. So, we're fine. To oh, take okay. Tatis. Nice. Well, the discussion Here's, of yeah. Fernando Tatis Jr.'s suspension is a banned topic from this podcast. So, mm-hmm. we are in accordance on that front. Last That's week, fine. we banned a bunch of topics. Including oh. rule changes, Tatis Jr., including Tatis Jr. discourse. So we've I, had a tough time talking on this show so far, but that's okay. I heard about the rule change discourse banning of the discourse discourse, and mm. I think I would have recommended to ban certain parts of it. I would have banned the bases. Yeah, okay? but then you would have just been that would have been mm. the, you would have cut the legs out of that bill, so to speak. Alex was going <laughs> full stop. He passed the the whole new deal, not half of I, it. I only allowed bases. I'd like to point out. Yeah, I, I want to hear more bases. Oh, because you like them big old bases. I do like the big old bases. I need James yeah, Carville to say that out loud. You guys, now that I'm thinking about it, you guys have actually seen the bases, the bigger bases. How yeah. much bigger are they? Them big. They're oh, big. Man. They're so big. They're right? so big. But they're also like, not that big. <laughs> like they, <laughs> like if, if you were at, if you're like on the press box at level or like in the upper deck, they're just bases, man. They're just bases. They're they're bigger, but they're not that bigger. <laughs> um, uh, I so yeah, we're happy with Tatis here. Uh, he's amazing. He is also like there's always spicy potential for like remember when him and Machado were like screaming at each other in the dugout? Like yeah, there's all sick. kinds of <laughs> both like in the dugout. He's a good like when he pops out with the bases loaded, he could get really mad. He could get like this is just a lot. There's just a lot here. So Tatis anyway, is living that, my dream, screaming at Manny Machado on live television. <laughs> <laughs> so I I we 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 are very excited to have him back in our lives. So Tatis is our pick. Uh we kick it back to you. Uh Alex, I'm gonna let you do the honors on this one. It's it's He's a teammate of Tatis Jr. internationally. And he's near and dear to New York Mets fans' hearts. Cesar Valdez? 
<laughs> yeah, no, you actually you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Starling Marte. Slack fan favorite. Um I uh, I can't even begin to tell you how how thirsty the tipping pitch of Slack is for Starling Marte. This man walks into the outfield and people are losing their shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've seen him with his shirt uh, all the way unbuttoned more than I have, like, not, you know? Um, yeah, I really respect the um, the tenacity uh, of our of our fans to, to find the horniest photos of <laughs> Starling Marte. Um, and oftentimes that may translate to GIF form. Um, he's such an exciting player, I think, and can make things happen um, on the bases, in the outfield, at the plate. Um, and again, he's just having the time of his life out there. And it shows so clearly. Uh, and again, it helps that he's a snack. Uh, Bobby, what do you think? For me, the thing with Starling Marte is that he goes from completely relaxed to like explosive play so quickly. Like he looks like he's just chilling in a men's league 80% of the time. And then the rest of the time, he's like legging a single into a double or he's stealing a base or he's maybe not as good in the outfield as he was five years ago, but that's okay because Billy Epler turned Brandon Nimmo into Mike Trout, you know? So I, I really love Starley Marte. I have grown to love him over the last year as, as he's become such a key cog in the New York Mets, but he's fun. He's like laid back swagger personified on the baseball field. And I think that he's, a, a sleeper pick for the gift draft. He's also in the running for the hottest bald man in New York. That's right. Which Who is, else is in that yeah. race with him? Who else right. is him and Eric Adams? Like him, Eric Adams. <laughs> I guess that Joe, Larry David, when he's in town, <laughs> uh, Steve Cohen, not in the running. Uh, <laughs> the Sterling Marte pick also for you, Bobby feels like a post facto, excuse for losing to the Padres because if I remember correctly, so much of the end of the Mets season was <laughs> if we had had Marte, man, it would have been. Well, no, he played. He, he did end up playing. I know he, and he did, was good, but he, he didn't play all three games, I believe. And I think that he didn't yeah. play down the stretch. If he had played no, down the didn't. stretch, they would have beat the Braves and they would have That's, had to play the, the Padres, take. right? Like, yeah, that yeah. was the take. Yeah. Here, here's how the Mets would have beat the Padres. They'd, if they didn't suck ass in all three of those games, mm, that's that would have helped. That would have been yeah. so yeah, If they didn't just absolutely they totally not, yeah. put up a why, total stinker, why didn't they three think straight of that? games? Why didn't they think they of that? should have thought of that. Yeah, I don't know. Also, don't know. it would have helped if anybody had shown up for game three. One of the most <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> fan performances of all time. Don't tell me about the ticket. Like, the place was sold out the first two days. I like, know I was there. It was tough. First game was one of the bleakest moments of my life. Alex can it tell you it was so, so dark. so tough to watch. <laughs> uh, my only Stanley Marte take is that he he's one of my favorite career trajectories just because he went Pittsburgh, Arizona, Miami, Oakland in front of eight people. <laughs> and then he's like, now I'm on the Mets and everyone thinks I'm the <laughs> coolest person in the world. Also, yeah. behind Nelson Cruz, <laughs> about as redeemable Didroids guy. As yep. it gets, oh, yeah. and yeah. in some yeah. ways, top tier suspension, uh, re- acting like it never happened. Image rehab, like it's perfect transition from Tatis because Tatis could learn a lot from Starling Marte. Just be hot, and people will forget that you ever cheated. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, and I, I know I'm shortchanging because he was beloved in Pittsburgh and was very good there. But as far as a national audience goes, nobody knew shit about this guy until <laughs> suddenly he was like the most important player for an 100-win team in New York. So. Remember when the A's traded for him like two years ago? And now mm-hmm. the A's are what the A's are. They gave up yeah. uh, Jesus Lazardo, who is the number. Remember when the A's heard were in of the 2020 postseason? Alex, you remember that? Yeah, that was sick. All right. No, I, I actually don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for you it. You know who remembers All that? Right. Rick Renteria. <laughs> uh, yes. Wow. Good God times. Damn. They won God. that series. God damn. All right. Let's move on. Yes. To our pick, our second pick, our back to back, our wraparound, whatever. The 11th overall selection. Uh, Jake, I'll let, you, I'll let you do this one. I don't particularly follow WWE, okay? But I understand it. I appreciate mm. it for the theater of what it is. The, peop- the, the, the members of WWE understand that sports are entertainment, okay? Even mm-hmm. baseball. Baseball fans are not picking between baseball and soccer. They are picking between baseball and going to the movies, baseball and seeing a show, baseball and sitting on their phone. And there is one man who understands that baseball is entertainment in a WWE way. And his name is Josh Naylor. And we will be selecting Josh Naylor of the Cleveland Guardians. Good one. Stellar pick. We feel good about Cleveland. In general, a lot of good options, I think, on on Cleveland's team. With respect to Clinton Yates' Tristan McKenzie right in. Plenty (laughs) of other Guardians I would have picked before Tristan, who I love dearly. But, But either way... Um, Josh Naylor is, is a great one. And, and we were lucky enough to have, uh, 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 Andre not the in-game reporter for Cleveland on our, on our podcast recently. And just the way that he talks about with Naylor, the way that his teammates talk about him. But the reality is the whole reason we're taking him is that when he's playing a game, he's a completely different person in a very entertaining way. And that is what is required for a draft like this. And for a team that is no, never short on emotion and reactions, uh, this is this is an, an, an easy one for us. So we will uh, we'll go ahead and be very happy with our Josh Naylor selection. This is a man who headbutted Terry Francona after hitting a walk off home run last year. Okay, Francona's wearing a helmet and Naylor's not, and he takes <laughs> Francona's head and slams it against his own. All right, this is a man who I described him to Andre Not like Jordan said. I said. Man, Naylor's unhinged. And he was like, he's unhinged between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. In a way that I think is uh, pitcher-y. Like, right. in a way that... It feels Scherzer-y. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. Scherzer-y, right? We don't see that with position players, really, that often. But Naylor's that kind of guy. He is screaming. He is yelling. Remember, he was rocking the baby and pissed off all the Yankees mm-hmm. fans. He Do is I remember? Em- How could I forget? Yeah. He's emotive in a way that ballplayers are not emotive. He's like pure id when he's on the field. Yeah. And then he's just like yeah. a normal guy the rest of the time. He, he seems as though he cannot decide not to do the things that he's doing on the field. Like that's just <laughs> the only way he knows how. And it's really funny. He's also just like, he's a very roller coaster of a player as a player too. Like he'll make a, a wild error or he'll hit an explosive home run or he'll get thrown out trying to stretch a double into a triple. Like any of these things are possible with Josh Naylor, just because he's that kind of player. Correct. Uh, We feel really good about this. I also like the addition of Josh Bell to this team because Josh Bell is the antithesis of Josh Naylor, where he is very calm, steady presence. He doesn't get too high or too low. 
and they'll be splitting time at first base in DH. And so I think it'll kind of elevate Naylor's outrageousness because he has a more steady presence right next. Right. Josh Bell playing like the the straight man to Josh Naylor's. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Josh Bell is the Joe Davis and Josh Naylor is the John Smoltz. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do we get to hear your next pick or are we getting kicked off the podcast? Okay, of course, of course, of course. No, we're just going to make it by ourselves after you guys leave. Not get any commentary (laughs) on it. Uh, Okay. You guys made us too self-conscious last year. It's okay. (laughs) 12th overall, 2023, all gift draft. Uh, We're going to select the third baseman for life of the Boston Red Sox, Rafael Devers, who, you know what? Is he the most baseball player, baseball player in baseball right now? He just does Mm. all of the baseball guy stuff. He has the fat lip. He has the relaxed energy over at third. He has that swaggery baseball stance. He just looks like a guy who was born out of the womb, just like in the batter's box. I just can't. I don't know how to describe it. Also, he's fucking amazing at hitting. He's just an awesome (laughs) baseball player. And now that he's just going to be the most beloved Boston athlete, most likely, unless Max Jones really turns it around in the next couple months, I think he's uh, he should be at the center of the conversation in baseball. Totally with you. I mean, he's been one of my favorite players since he since he showed up. Um, Yeah, he's the best. And now not that he wasn't already comfortable, but like I hope, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I hope that he is even more comfortable and empowered to just continue to be his goofy self in a way that like, I hope, like I know our friend June Lee wrote this thing about how it's like, okay, like now Raphael Devers is like in theory, like in charge, you know, right, like the which guy. is kind of weird, right? Because we still are thinking about him as this, you know, 19 year old kid who was wearing braces and is, you know, mashing home runs off Rollins Chapman or whatever. Um, so I, I like I understand that storyline from the standpoint of his contract and who's left on the Red Sox and all those things. At the same time, like I do not want him to ever change. I want him to be like he is everything that he has. It's like ninety five percent as good as what Soto is in the box from the standpoint of entertainment in between pitches. How he's reacting to things is is just delightful. So I love I love Rafi so much. So. Great pick. He was on our board for sure. You bring up the chewing tobacco, the fat lip. And I, I've said this before, but I I don't dip. But Rafi Devers is the one guy who makes me want to. <laughs> um, and I think that's accentuated by his baby face. Like he has these fat cheeks. Yeah. Right. Like these big little pinchable pillows up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's got a third cheek down by his lip <laughs> where the like jaw a, resides. A mini me cheek. Yeah, it looks like a cheek. Like, if you see pictures of him, it looks like he has three cheeks and one is under his mouth. <laughs> he has so much. I I think it's like he has this bizarre dip gum concoction. Yes. That he puts yeah, in he his does. mouth. Yeah. So yeah. disgusting. He, he must have, yeah, he must have got some tip from Tito at some point. It is I, know, an, I know they yeah. didn't overlap, but still. Like, it's it's definitely have each other's phone numbers. Yeah. It must taste absolutely like... Oh, oh, but... <laughs> It's good to know that our heroes have flaws. That's true. That's true. It's no kind of impressive wants- that he's able to actually play a baseball game while Correct. concentrating on that, right? Like yes. this whole other th- thing that needs its own focus, I think. You're right. So I wrote this whole thing uh, like a month ago about Zinn and how all these ball players are switching to Zinn from dip because they don't want to have like mouth cancer. And some of the people I talked to were like, I don't understand how guys ever play with dip in. Like I, I just dip in the dugout or I dip like – 
in the clubhouse or whatever. And Ravi Devers is like, I said, I don't know what he says. <laughs> Maybe it's like his uh, timing mechanism, you know? Like, that's the thing that he has to... Now, I, to your point, though, um, the fact that he dips as often as he does probably gets him less screen time than he normally would because I know that broadcasts don't necessarily want to be zooming in on the third cheek as often as some (laughs) other players who are smiling with their pearly whites. Um, But at the same time, he's one of my favorite players, so I love the pick. Glorify it, baby. It's okay. Also, (laughs) the the nice thing about Rafi is that he also... Like you said, Jordan, he's like a goofy guy who likes to hang out with his teammates. So I feel like by picking... Rafi, we also get a little bit of Kike Hernandez, you know? We also eh, get well, a little... Well, hold on. We're not just getting the whole team now, but but that's true. That's <laughs> we true. We don't actually I will get say... the whole team, but, you know, any yeah, any no, Kike right. gif is a Rafi gif, too. Like, they're no, going to be near each other. They're no, playing, they're playing on the same side Kike, of the infield. You have how many other picks in this draft? Go ahead and take Kike. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, maybe we will. <laughs> You're not going to okay, be here. Maybe you will. So. Maybe you will, but I, this is just such a... You were so close to a good... A gift draft experience with us, and then at the very end, you were like, "Oh, I get this I guy. I get his whole team too." All right, so Jordan, we got the Padres and the Guardians, except oh one. Well, you already have one Soto because Lang selected for the guest team. So yeah, oh, get out of here. Kind of already do have one Soto. No, I can't what I'm believe is, we've let them take this over again. Second year in a row. No, I'm not letting being... this happen. What I'm saying is, we talked about it early in the show before you guys were on. That part of what makes a good gif is being a good teammate, too. So spending time with your teammates, playing pranks, having viral moments with them. If your guy is in that gif, then it counts as your gif, too. I just don't think it's like a Red Sox plus. That's my point. Like, I don't think the Red Sox are are more likely to have hijinks than the Guardians. Well, I don't think the Red Sox are, but I do think Kike is. Who is now sharing that side of the infield with him? God damn! By the way, let me get my point off, <laughs> oh, Bobby. You can't just be calling him that in front of two members of the Jewish community, please. It's Enrique. <laughs> uh, Bobby, we have to go record our own podcast that you don't produce. Sadly, so, that's right. Oh, I, I also have to go move my car. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, this was fun, Bobby. We love you. Alex, we love you. Thank you so much for uh, having us again on the on the gift draft. I feel confident in our selections once again. Yeah. And I look forward to coming back and dominating it again in 2024. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Fly ball to deep left center field. Devers has hit it out. The rookie takes Chapman the other way to tie the game. Okay, we are very pleased to be joined once again by Matthew Ritchie. Our fellow New Yorker now, who is uh, starting up a diversity content fellowship at MLB, which is super exciting. Dude, welcome to New York City. You're not in the uh, studio with us here, but you are in a semi-dark hotel room, uh, presumably in Manhattan, that MLB has you posted up in until your lease starts. What's up, man? It's great to see you. It is. It is great. Yeah, no, I... I'm working off of lighting, so I had to like try. I can't. I couldn't have any backlighting because all the lights are behind me. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. We're total Aaron Rodgers dark chamber. Yeah, band and, mode. And then, sure. and then and then just get just getting into it. This is how this is how I get into the mode for 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 gift picks. It's great I to see it. you, dude. We're, we're happy to have you back on the show. Listeners will remember that you came on. I don't know, like eight months ago now, to talk about your thesis. Yes. Are you happy to be um, out of the, the the darkness of the thesis era? 
And there, I, there is nothing better than the post thesis bender <laughs> that there was, there was like, there was like a week in Chicago that I don't remember ever stopping moving or stopping being in different bars slash areas of the city. <laughs> so I'm just trying to recreate that feeling for sure. Right. Uh, the rest of life is just trying to chase that high again. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, this is the next best thing. Yeah. I see this is the next best thing. Draft in the tipping pitches, 2023, all gift draft. Um, so you're coming right after our mutual friends, Jake and Jordan from Cespedes family barbecue. They did wonderful selecting, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. And Josh Naylor. So uh, we turn it over to you to make the th- lucky number 13 selection in the 2023 All-Gift Draft. Who's it going to be? My selection for the All-Gift Draft of 2023 with the 13th pick is Miami Marlins superstar Jazz Chisholm Jr. Jazz. Go. All right. Speak on it. What's, what's, what's the deal with Jazz? I feel like Jazz... It's kind of forgotten when you, when you sort of think about it because we didn't see Jazz for a lot of last year. But whenever we did see him, you got to remember he's literally the might be the coolest baseball player on the field. And I think there's also a fantastic opportunity for gift usage this year because we're getting the throwback Marlins jerseys. We're getting the teal, which is just better. It's I think it's just as good as their city. They're like Red City Connect jerseys. but that Jazz looking like he should have been on the old World Series team in the teal, sliding around the field. Him roaming center is another great opportunity. Yeah, like when he, I when he robs it's gonna be an adventure. Uh, when he when he robs his first home run <laughs> and you and you get that gif of him celebrating after he robs that first home run, that's that's the payoff. I'm great call. I'm I'm betting I'm betting on a like a quasi gold glove season for Jazz out there. That that's like my it. hot take. That's, wow, I, hell yeah! I think that's my hot take. I think Jazz might, Jazz might be, in like the top like five percent of outs above average up there. I'll say it in wow. seven. Top scorching hot take. outs above average. So so you think his transition to center is going to go much better than than your friend Jake and Jordan's pick of Fernando Tatis Jr. I. <laughs> I just feel like Tatis, uh, Tatis gets a bad rep because um, he's not great <laughs> defensively. Yeah, but I don't know. That's I feel mostly because like he can't field ground balls or throw accurately okay, in first which, base, which, which is important which is for shortstop. Half the battle, which is half the yeah, battle. Exactly. I think, I think putting he'll be. I think he'll be fine in right. I think he'll be j- either like just as good as Juan Soto is in right field. Honestly, yeah, well, which is. Yeah. Not necessarily a compliment or a, <laughs> or a or like a derogatory term, but but no, I think jazz. I honestly think jazz has enough like natural ability just to like be an athlete on the field. Because I've seen I've seen people I've seen like uh, my buddy James Ingram. He was a catcher. He was he was uh, traditionally a catcher, and then they put him in center field for like the last two years of his career at Johns Hopkins, and was was just a natural out there. So it's when some guys just have it. I feel like and going from second base to center field isn't it? I mean, yeah, you got to track fly balls and everything, but I feel like Jazz just has that has that natural ability to translate a lot a lot quicker than than um, than some people than other people would. He does have a sort of intuitive style athleticism to his game. Right, mm-hmm. like it, it, he, exactly. 
Yeah, I th- it almost seems like it, there's maybe a bit of cesspitus in him where he might make really good plays that might be opportunities because he didn't make the easier play, right? <laughs> like a diving catch because he took a bad route to a fly ball. And then we're like, wow, look at that. Um, and it works because he's putting himself in those situations, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, but I mean, like you also have a lineage of infielders becoming outfielders. Like everyone, everyone's mm-hmm. like the best right fielder in baseball is just raring to play second base at every every time because Mookie Betts, he's like, I love second base, but I'm also one of the best right fielders in, in the game. And then you've got a lesser known one, Adam Jones was a shortstop in the Mariners, in the Mariners org. And then they were like, uh center field, and then became uh, a very talented very underrated yeah. center fielder for a while. So That's I mean, right. that's right. Got to get that Orioles chat in here. I, listen, un, unbiased. I just gotta I keep just, that brand strong, baby. <laughs> well, I got, I got, I got to pump up Baltimore while we're while I still can. Um, <laughs> well, I'm still, I'm still contractually <laughs> unobligated to. But, um, but yeah, I think that's all to say. Jazz will be fine out there, honestly. I agree. I love um I love pointing out the jerseys because reminding us that the Marlins will be employing those throwback jerseys this year makes me think about how great it would have been to see Jazz and Dontrell Willis on the same team. Oh like, can you just God. imagine if we had a time machine and put those guys on the same team? That would have just been an absolute blast. All of those Marlins players from that kind of 2000 to 2005 era, I feel like Jazz would have fit in more seamlessly with that kind of Marlins team than with the like clean cut Derek Jeter style Miami Marlins. Yeah. But I mean, I know Jeter's not there anymore, and maybe that that is a point in Jazz's favor for getting to continue to express himself on the field the way that he loves to and loves to be vocal about. And of course, his star is on the rise. I mean, he's on the cover of MLB The Show. He clearly is a player that the league is invested in as a whole too. So um, that's a point in your favor in terms of the gift draft. Also, is like. The, the people that they want to be stars, they will circulate media about them. And those media are sometimes gifts. He's just so giftable. Mm-hmm. He like, like, I know, I know we, I know you can say that about any of the top guys, but, but jazz, jazz loves the camera and the camera loves jazz. And even when he's playing, even in like the natural actions on the field is always an opportunity for him, for him to pull out, Five, five to ten seconds of, of good content. And I feel good. I feel very good. I feel very good about that thing. He has a very expressive face. You know, he, he wears his emotions. He doesn't try to hide them on his face <laughs> very much. Alex, I forgot to ask. When we were talking about Jazz's natural athletic intuitive ability and being able to switch to the outfield, and we we're talking about being able to track fly balls. Where were you at? How was your outfield game? You know, you were a second baseman. Do you think you could have seamlessly switched to center field? You know, I kind of could have. Um, uh, right I, I had, I had, I had the arm um, when the when the like torn ligaments or whatever it is <laughs> that I have in there uh, weren't flaring yeah. up. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I was yeah, horrible. I think if they'd given me a shot, just yeah. could not track a fly ball to save my life. <laughs> this was not my game. <laughs> I, I I still have this theory. You could put you could put seven to eight shortstops out on the field. And just just play just as long as they're good enough, yeah. you can you can really just put them anywhere and they'll figure it out. And so, and the one position that you can't put them at is catcher, right? Right, right. <laughs> have I have I ever told you guys about about like my first first like couple months at Hopkins? 
No, no. They so um, it was like the fall, and you know I'm having a fall, and they're like when the assistant coach comes up to me, I was like, hey, so um, we want to see what you look like at catcher, see if we can like <laughs> see if there's like an avenue to get you into the to get like get you into the like potentially get you in the lineup earlier than because they're like upperclassmen, and so. I go, I, I spend like 45 minutes doing like a catching session on the field. And then I catch like three bullpens and then like, I'm doing throwdowns blocks. And then it was never brought up again. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did it. We did it. it. It was one day. And then that was it. Then it was never brought up. It was, the coaching staff was never like, "All right, well, we'll 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 think about it. We'll talk about it." I just I just walked off, and then and then never put on the catcher's gear ever again. They weren't even like, "Let's get in the film room." They were just like, "We saw everything we need to see." <laughs> they were like, "That's fine." Like you know what? Whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll nip this in the bud so quickly. Your primary position was third. Um, or second. First. Oh, second. Second. Nice. Second. I started. I started my career at third um, sophomore year, but then was second um, those fake junior and senior years that were <laughs> COVID and COVID truncated. Right. Yeah. See, it doesn't matter what position that you doesn't matter what position it says next to your name in the lineup when you got 438 OBP though. That's right. Career OBP. I got to take that. I got to take that as a Twitter bio. Too many people reference it now. It's it's now it it did its job. It's old news. Yeah, yeah. It's associated with you now. Now you just take it out. People already know. It's crazy because I put it in there because I was like writing about baseball non professionally, and so I was like, oh, I need you guys to understand when I talk about baseball, I know game recognized game, right? So if you so you click on it. Like if you click on my profile, be like, oh, what's what's this guy fucking blabbering on about? And then you see 438 career OBP, you know I'm not fucking around. <laughs> I know I know I know that's right. I know what I'm talking about. The plate discipline speak, speaks for itself. It's not, it's not, it's not like I'm just well, blowing gas uh, out of here. You think the game, you understand the counts, the situations. Come on. I just just the smartest player inside the lines. Everybody, everyone knows, everyone knows. <laughs> okay. Jazz Chisholm, 13th overall selection. Alex, who are we doing? What are we doing? We got 14th pick. Who's it going to be? I think we know who it's going to be. He's already mentioned. He's already by, mentioned. By Matthew Ritchie. That's the one and only Mookie Betts. That's oh, right. It's a great pick. I fucking love that Mookie takes infield still. That's so I funny. That know. he has like, there's like a clubby that has to have his infield glove ready for him to take ground balls. is so funny to me. Anyway. Um, easy pick in this draft. He's gone before. And while we are reticent to pick repeat players in repeat years, um, just for a little diversity's sake, uh, it's impossible to let this go by without at least mentioning Mookie Betts. I mean, the man is a one-man show, right? On In like one of baseball's biggest markets, right? Where all eyes are trained on him. And he's so flashy. He's having so much fun out there. He's a multi-sport athlete as well you might see gifts of him uh you know on the bases or on the lanes and you never really know right um again you said he's uh 
you know, he takes the reps at second just because he likes to have fun. When they trade for Tim Anderson um, at the trade deadline, that's going to make it even more fun when he's got that uh, that squad with him. So, yeah, it's just breaking it's news fucking, in the pod. It's, it's four months ahead of time. I like that. <laughs> that was a that's a that's a neat little prediction that you snuck in there. I kind of yeah. like it. It's cool, you know. <laughs> Everybody's predicting Otani to the Dodgers. No, you guys aren't thinking thinking no. hard enough. It's going to be Tim Anderson was talking about how much fun he was having with him on the on the WBC team and how he was learning a lot from him. I don't know, man. I think I yeah, think, what's I going think, on. I think, I think Mookie was also just angling for every black player to come to the Dodgers. <laughs> I, so. I heard. I heard he was. I heard he was like, yeah, it's like Cedric Mullins is like one of. I was like, whoa, all right, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's slow, slow your roll here, Marcus. Mookie, I love you, but you're hurting me. Come on, come on. I was so like, funny. I was like, I was like that. That's not a, that's not allowed. I would love to see it though. Yeah. I would love I would love to see that, but I was like, hey, <laughs> I see what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Uh yeah, he's a recruiter. He's gonna be there for a long time, so he might as well recruit as many people that he likes to hang out with. Um <laughs> Mookie is awesome. I love I love that Mookie sometimes it seems like he can't even control his emotions. Like after he makes a big play, like he surprises himself. So I think of a lot of the highlight catches that he's made in the outfield particularly like in the 2020 playoff run where he was the spotlight was so hot on them um, in the World Series, diving catches, sliding catches, unbelievable throws. Like that back right field camera angle of him throwing people out at third base is iconic. And it's, it's weird to say it's a kind of nerdy and cheesy to say that like uh, uh, making the right throw to the right bag is a highlight. But he is like, to me, the epitome of a fundamental player who also plays with swagger and flash and he's just like is unbelievably solid and fun and cool and uh it's hard to like remain keep that persona for as long as he has and if anything he's just getting cooler like he's Mm -hmm. he can be on the cover of gq if he wants to he you know he can literally do whatever he wants to and like you said alex in the biggest market uh or one of the biggest markets and you know he's also pretty good at baseball he like was almost MVP last year. <laughs> uh, so Why? that's Why? yeah, and, and had a down year, right? Like, who won MVP last year in the NL? Goldie, Goldie. Oh, God, mm. see, want to write quietly. That's someone who will never be taken in the gift draft. Is Paul Goldschmidt the exact? <laughs> you're telling, you're telling me Goldie doesn't move the gift needle. He is the maybe the most boring, really good player in baseball, um, yeah. and I think that he takes pride in that, but. Uh, Mookie is the exact opposite side of that coin. So Mookie Betts, happy to have him. Happy to have him. That's a great pick. Matthew Ritchie, we are happy to have you here with us on this gift draft. Do you want to let people know where they can find what you're going to be doing? What what am I going to be doing? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Just follow me on Twitter while it still exists. That's right. Um, At M-K-R-W-R-T. Otherwise, otherwise, I don't. I'm not doing it. I'm really not. I'm really not doing anything anymore. Like, like I'm not not doing. I'm not doing anything cool. I mean, I'm doing things. I'm doing things that are cool, but I'm not doing like cool things that aren't baseball. Right. I mean, we should tell you that Rob Manfred does loyally listen to this podcast, so I wouldn't (laughs) say anything that you don't want your uh, potential bosses, bosses, bosses. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Big. Yeah. The 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 head honcho. No, 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 no. Everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's perfect. No, but um, if you like Mets and Yankees coverage, sometimes I will be the person providing that for MLB. So if you if you sometimes want to know what's going on with the Yankees, 
once every couple of weeks. Uh, follow me there. You sometimes want to know what's going on with the Mets. I'll be I'll be your eyes and ears. Um, sometimes, if you want to hear yeah. overwhelming praise of Cedric Mullins all season long, he's also your guy. So <laughs> I feel I, I I gotta I gotta I gotta check and see if I'm allowed if I'm still allowed to do that because <laughs> I would for the past you might have to get years, a little burner action going. Oh gosh! Imagine that's so much. That's so much effort. I would need another two-factor identification for this stupid fucking platform. <laughs> and I was like, I just can't. I just can't. Yeah, and I can't it can't be a that. can't be text message now. It has to be a authenticator app because of Twitter I'm, Blue. Yeah, honestly, the authenticator apps are pretty fire. I, I I'm kind of yep. I'm kind of yeah. addicted to them. I like <laughs> love, love love an authenticator. You're like app. just creating accounts just so you can set up two-factor <laughs> and like, I, my my like, I put a I put a. I put an authenticator on my like my Club Penguin account from like from like <laughs> eleven years ago. I was like I was like I just need it. I need to, I need to make sure it's locked down even if the servers aren't. First Club Penguin <laughs> reference on the pod. I love it. I love There's it. Great no way work that was you. the first Club Penguin reference on the pod. I we don't really dabble in in that. I would I would say here. I mean, I was in pitches, the Club Penguin. I was on yeah, the Club oh, Penguin servers. I was running around. You know, I was having insults hurled at me like everybody on Club Penguin. <laughs> You were in these streets. I was. I was in these snow, snow-covered streets of Club Penguin. Uh, what a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. This was great. Thank you again. As always, happy to be on. Appreciate you guys. There's a shot pass first. Way down the line. That'll bring in another run. Troy is in the score. Garcia digging for third. Here's the long, long throw and the tag. And he is out at third. Mookie Betts guns him down. A long distance. All right, we got the closer with us, Shakia Taylor. She's back. All gift draft. So excited to do this. What's up, Shake? How are you? What's up? How are you? I'm so excited to be back. This is kind of the beginning of baseball season for me now every year, so I'm hyped. <laughs> the honorary third mic of this podcast, as, um, <laughs> as awarded by both our listeners and Alex's mom. So we're, we're happy to have you. Alex's mom is the MVP, by the way. <laughs> That's true. She's like the executive producer and the honorary right, the shadow producer. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> we've had many picks in this gift draft. I think this is the biggest and best one yet. Uh, you are pick number 15, and then we will close it out after you with pick number 16. So we turn it over to you. Who's it going to be this year? Who is? Who are you going to with give the, the honor? number 15 pick in the tipping pitches all gift draft. <laughs> I am choosing Emmanuel Class A. Nice. Hell yeah. A closer for the closer. Um, I think he's great. Obviously, I am super biased. Let's get that out of the way first. Go guards. Um, but I really liked what I saw from him last season, especially with their run um, in the playoffs. They obviously went way further than anyone expected. Um, he's got an ERA of what, like 1.3 something like just thick. So I'm super excited for, um, what I'm hoping he brings this season. Um, when I'm hoping the guards bring this season. Um, and I'm, Pitcher bias, completely, like, big fan. And normally, I would choose a starter, but I really, really liked Emmanuel Classe so much that I decided to go a different direction this year. First reliever selected. Uh, we had a lot of starters selected. taken, so yeah. you, you, you check that box, too. Classe is an uh, unbelievable player. He's, like, one of those players that 
if you put him in a time machine back to 1950, they would have just like banned the sport of baseball because they're like, <laughs> this guy's a witch. He's throwing 101 mile an hour cutters that move like seven inches. Just like, how is this guy doing any of this? Yeah. And so for the purposes of the gift draft, I mean, you're going to get a lot of gifts of his, uh, like the pitching ninja style gifts of like, how did this pitch do what this did? But then you're also just going to get the flat out batter looking embarrassed while trying to make contact <laughs> with this pitch gift, which is an underrated one too. I mean, uh, Alex, we've picked some relievers over the years, but Class A has never been one of them. I feel like Devin Williams was the one that we came back to a lot. Um, but I, I, I think it's a great pick. I almost picked him. Almost yeah. picked Devin Williams, actually. Um, but I decided to go with the hometown bias. Um, so one time I get to be a homer. <laughs> yeah, well, and guards games are going to be uh, big for the guest team uh, in Tristan McKenzie starts. I mean, that's you guys got the one-two punch right there with McKenzie and assuming he's not, I don't didn't really see an update on his injury, but assuming he's not um, out, I mean, him and class a uh, three guards. Yeah. players. Josh Naylor taken as well. Naylor as well. Yeah. Wow. This is, well, lots of let's go. Yeah. I'm very excited about that because, you know, I've had to listen to people make fun of my team. Well, my whole life. So <laughs> even when they win, people make fun of them. So this is nice that people are like picking, aside from me, picking Guardians players. I think we have finally gotten used to that name, right? We have been seamlessly calling them the Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. It actually uh, wasn't until just now that I was kind of like, oh, that felt really natural. Like I didn't have to pause normal. and like think about it. Yeah. The guard that was my expectations high for the guards this year. Like the, I think that a lot of people feel like this is a sneaky team on the rise, as evidenced by both just people picking them to win this division, but also here in the gift draft. Three players for one team is is nothing to be trifled with. I wonder. We don't have really stats on the gift draft, like a history right. on the gift draft, but we could probably go back. Is that, and is that predictive at all? Is that the <laughs> maybe? What if it is? What if this is like the most predictive preseason? Right. Can we stat? get like expected gifts in here? You know, I know, I know, we have some fans. Uh, uh, gifts we'll above replacement, <laughs> exactly. Uh, That's I love actually the kind of perfect. Yeah. I love Class A. He is a um, he's just a really cool player to watch too. Like he is a very powerful pitcher to watch on the mound like he has a command of his appearances and also you know uh, the way that the guardians have used him too is that he usually is the closer but if they if they need him in a high leverage moment there's going to be a lot of him squaring off the best hit against the best hitters in baseball so uh emmanuel classe great pick as always shakia uh that leaves us to make the mr irrelevant selection in the 2023 all gift draft which I think is a very funny thing that we're about to do, which is choose the greatest baseball player, maybe who has ever lived as Mr. Irrelevant in the gift draft. His name is Shohei Otani. <laughs> Alex, um, Shohei Otani. Have, have you heard much about this guy? Familiar. Um, he was just playing a few weeks ago, I think. Um, oh, really? Was that in spring training or something that? like that? Yes. I, I think it was overseas. I don't know. I didn't really. Um, <laughs> No, he's Shohei Otani. I mean, it's it almost. I almost feel bad for letting him fall this far, which I know that was in part because we just wanted to get a new mix of names in there. But like, yeah. we can't not pick him. We can't let the draft finish without picking him. It's just not possible. I mean, he is the platonic ideal of 
gifts in my head, I think, because he's so endearing in the dugout around his teammates. He's clearly having so much fun out there. Like, put aside the baseball stuff, which he Huge does caveat. Put aside the baseball Huge caveat. Stuff, where he's aside. one of the best pitchers and hitters of Literally the century. Literally best athletes on the planet right now. Yeah, and provide does double duty there, right? Like at the plate yeah. and on the mound. But just his overall presence, I think, is so... I don't know. It's it's like infective almost, you know? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss for words, honestly. I want to I wanna throw back to you, Bobby. I think that... It's a testament to how like almost monocultural in the baseball world he has become that he even fell this far. I think yeah. a year ago he was like if, within the first five picks or so. And I think we were even choosing him a couple years ago as well. But now he is like everybody knows about him and so no one thinks it's cool to select him. But also at the same time, he is kind of undeniable as the superstar of the baseball world. You know, a couple weeks ago on the pod... We did this 30 most famous people in the baseball world, the 30 biggest celebrities in the baseball world, the A-listers. And we put him at number one, and we did not feel any type of way about that. More famous than A-Rod, more famous than Jeter, more famous than Poppy, because he is this international, global sensation. And that was super-duper on display in the World World Baseball Classic, where during the games that were played in primetime for Japan and the rest of Asia... I mean, there was like tens of millions of people watching these baseball games. Like way more people watching these games than uh, the World Series, Game 7, (laughs) obviously the Angels games. Um, So he's huge. He is just an unbelievable star. He, I I wish, I hope that we get to know him even better over the coming years because I feel like we know him, the player. We, We get these trickle of anecdotes about him, about he's this funny, silly guy. And I just feel like there's this weird vacuum situation going on in Anaheim that kind of sucks some of the shine out of what he's doing. And whether that means the Angels actually make the postseason this year or whether that means he moves on and goes to a different team and then reacclimates himself to a new fan base in a new city. I, um, I'm looking forward to his star growing even brighter, which is kind of hard to imagine with what he's accomplished this far. I actually think with Shohei, he's kind of a given. At this point, right? Like, I watched my Twitter timeline when the World Baseball Classic was going on. And there were people who I have never seen talking about baseball, talking about it. Um, People were tuned in. And it's like, I feel like Shohei has the appeal that people wanted Mike Trout to have. No disrespect to Mike Trout, but like Mike Trout is kind of unto himself, if you will. Like, people admire him. They think he's great. But Shohei's got that, like, that youthful enthusiasm. Uh, He's got that appeal to different people around the world. I think it's just kind of become a given. People don't choose him because they just assume, right? Like, he's there. He is already picked. I think a lot of people thought that he would be taken already and so came in with, with a spiel prepared about a different player and so chose someone else. But, you know, uh, Stephen Hessen, who made the first overall pick, and he chose Max Scherzer because of the shenanigans that he will no doubtedly pull with the pitch clock this year and the pitch com. Um, he even said, I would have chosen Otani, except I chose him last year. So this guy is ubiquitous. The thing about Otani that I'm really, I really love observing, participating in, and watching grow is, like, just the fervor of the fandom. Like, he is, like, a boy band, you know? Like, he is... People <laughs> lose their shit when they see this guy. He's, like, Beatlemania, except for baseball. And I don't... 
I feel that and I don't even know how to verbalize it. When I see him, just this smile creeps across my face and 10 seconds later, I realize I'm watching him play and I have this gigantic smile on my face. When he was doing his post-game interviews for Fox for the World Baseball Classic, I mean, like the questions were dumb and it was like a kind of clunky TV broadcast, but I'm still sitting there like a, a kid who's watching, you know, a, a movie for the first time. Like it's, un, it's unbelievable what he is doing. Everybody is just so smitten with him right now. And, um, you know, he's just, he's going to continue to produce on the field too. So uh, I, I, I think he's a, a fitting selection and it would have been a mistake to let him go completely undrafted. I think we probably would have heard about that, Alex, yeah. from, oh, from, from yeah. listeners in the, the tipping pitches community. Absolutely. Well, I also appreciate about the Fox broadcast that they had what was effectively an Otani cam on him the whole time, you know, like, right. like, yeah. especially in the championship, obviously, right? It was like, oh, he's walking to the other end of the dugout right now. <laughs> Is he going to go to the book? You know, like, yeah. which again, I think just heightens those opportunities, right? You're going to see him do something, even if it's like throwing sunflower seeds at his teammate or picking his nose. I don't know. Like, we're going to yeah. get it all the good, bad and the ugly. One thing about Otani, I feel like we are past the point of national broadcast needing to be like, this guy's amazing. You know, like about like we know, okay, we, we get it. We can like elevate that conversation a little bit. We can move past this initial layer. Um, I feel like we talked about it a little bit last year, but national baseball broadcasts are becoming so self-conscious about the idea that no one likes baseball. And so I feel like constantly when you're watching a national broadcast, they're just telling you, here's what's actually cool about baseball. And it's like, oh, you might think that baseball is boring, but Shohei Otani's not boring. And it's like, we need to have, stop having this like weird meta, you need to like yeah. this guy conversation with him. Yeah. And we just need to just appreciate him while yeah. we still can without like telling each other how much we need to be appreciating him. I think what they're not doing is talking about the game. Yeah. I think you can appreciate Shohei by talking about the game, right? Yeah. Like Randy Wilkins we, was pointing that out on Twitter during the World <laughs> Baseball Classic final. He said something very similar, yeah. Yeah, like we weave in your stories by all means. That's what we watch for. But talk about the game and get away from the weird superhuman unicorn, like superhero, he's a mutant. Like yeah. all that language <laughs> yeah. is very weird. Like yeah. just talk about the game in a very normal way. And people yeah. will respond to that because folks want to learn about him in a way that isn't so weird. I said weird a lot there, but I mean it. It's all it very is. weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's after like, no, the he's game, actually just a him. dude. Like, yeah. After the game, they were like, so Shohei, what planet are you from? And it's like, how, how is he supposed to answer that? Like, I, I don't, it's, it's, it's weird. It's awkward. Yeah. In American terms of speech, don't always translate well to everyone. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, you can say, what planet are you from? And someone take that literally. And then you've got a whole nother conversation happening. Yeah. Just don't do it. Just yeah. be normal. Um, I like that he's exciting and I like that they're excited. But you don't have to do the extra. I don't think it needs any more sauce. Shohei is right. the sauce. Like he's, he speaks for himself. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. It feels um, a lot like when... when um, you know, you're at like a bar and they're trying to like elevate the cheeseburger. You know, they're like, here, we're going to go. We're going to like scrape some raclette onto your cheeseburger. I'm like, no, cheeseburgers are pretty perfect food as it is. Like, you don't need to try to do all this crazy ass shit to make me like a cheeseburger. Like, I'm probably just going to like it if it's just the beef and the mm -hmm. cheese, you know, <laughs> like that's Otani to me. Um, I mean, of course, on the field, he's going to do things that almost no one else can do, too. So inside the lines, outside the lines as a star, I, I feel great about him. Yeah. 100%. Um, 
Shakia, you had an honorable mention. Do you want to drop that in here right now before we uh, before we wrap up this gift draft? Now that I am on the spot, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My honorable mention was Randy, Um, Randy and Rosarena. I think his, well, his enthusiasm, I'm all about enthusiasm in 2023. Like his enthusiasm is infectious. Um, Watching him play is just baseball joy. You can tell he's having a good time. He's loose. Um, people get behind him. The boots are hilarious. Yeah. Um, now granted he's not on a team that I would necessarily want to clock in for (laughs) day in and day out as far as watching goes, but I think he's worth it. I think he's so much fun. Um, and I had a tough, tough time choosing between him and Emmanuel class A, but I thought Rosarena would have been chosen already, which is hysterical to me. Yeah, well, he's definitely a guy who, like, appreciates a good bit, you know, like yeah. on mm-hmm. or off the field, right? He'll get into character. You mentioned the cowboy boots and, like, he does the whole get up. Um, and you're going to see those photos on opening day or whenever whenever he rocks it. But again, he's, like, electric in the field, mm-hmm. too, right? He's got that sort of Griffey-esque, like, going to go all out for the play, like, no matter what it is and that's i mean i still remember watching the world series with him a couple years ago right and like the Mm -hmm. the stolen uh and him stealing home right i was like i didn't even know that was allowed you know (laughs) and like i didn't know you could do that anymore um yeah he's a firecracker he has this crazy uh like sense for the moment you know he has a composure when a huge thing happens that i just don't understand because i don't have that kind of composure (laughs) If I made that catch at the wall in the World Baseball Classic semifinal, I would not have the composure to stare at the camera, to know where that is, or like cross my arms and stare at the camera. Like, I would just be like Mm -hmm. losing my shit, you know? And that would be funny in its own right. But it's like Randy is such a, he's like a theater actor. Like, he knows where everything is and what's happening. Exactly. It's super cool. It was giving Derrick Rose. Remember? Derrick yeah. Rose hits the buzzer beater. I was lift, at yeah. that game and yeah. he just has this straight face while his team is excited around him. I love stuff like that. That's that's just cool. Like, well, like you know, like uh, I knew I could do it. Dame Lillard when he I was got tackled the by the tra- Trailblazers, <laughs> yeah. the gif of him. You're just like, yeah, that is true. I mean, it's just I wonder if he practices stuff like that, you know? I'd love to talk to Randy and be like, did you think ahead of time that you were just going to cross your arms and <laughs> kind of just, just mean mug towards the camera? in the mirror. I know. That would be far cooler, you know, trying different... Let me just, right, which side's my better side? Right shoulder, left shoulder, you know? Yeah, that uh, would be a good This Is Sports Center commercial. Remember those Sports Center commercials that they used to do? Is Randy yeah. or Rosarena practicing how to stare at the camera after making a <laughs> home run saving catch? We're giving away free ideas, man. I know. Book it. Let's do it. Um, Shakia Taylor, it is always our distinct pleasure to talk to you on this podcast for the gift draft or otherwise. You're doing wonderful things at the Chicago Tribune. Is there anything specifically that you want to highlight or talk about anything that you're working on that people can find? Um, Yeah, actually. I recently um, uh, published a story on the making of storylines, the feature in MLB The Show 23 um, with the Negro League's history. Um, That was such a cool story to write. It was something uh, cool to unravel. I think uh, Tipping Pitches listeners would enjoy it, uh, particularly for the 
historical aspect, but also just the cool factor of something um, that has sort of been hidden or lost to younger generations being put out in such a cool way. Um, that is probably my most recent super fun story that anyone related to baseball would enjoy. Amazing specific plug. That's how it's done yeah. right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. You plug the specific <laughs> story that you just wrote that you think the audience is going to want to go read because people are definitely going to go read that. It's a great story. Shakia, thank you. This was so much fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You know, you guys are my faves. So here we go. Classe is ready. His one-two pitch to Jay Cronenworth. Got him! Classe strikes out the side in the ninth inning. And the American League wins the All-Star Game for the ninth consecutive season. A massive, 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 massive thank you to Stephen Hessen, Becca Ansborough, Jane Ost, Clinton Yates, Sarah Langs, Jake Mintz, and Jordan Schusterman. Smaller thank you for them, though, because they're so rude to us whenever they I know. come on. It's unbelievable. They're trying to big-time us on our own fucking podcast. Like, these know, guys. They're not getting invited back next year. They've gotten too big. I've been waiting to talk with you about this, but yeah. It's, oh yeah oh you go to Sirius XM and you get this podcast and you do so many pods and everybody loves them oh you get, your head just got too big Jake and Jordan you just can't we can't have it uh, Matthew Ritchie and Shakia Taylor this was this was a fun one this mm-hmm. was a fun it was it was a bear it was a bear to schedule and to pull off uh, I guess eight rounds of the gift draft which is which is as big or bigger than ever next year should we just do like the full 27 rounds we're just drafting like draft full 40 man rosters (laughs) (laughs) all right next up um i don't know luis guillorme (laughs) sounds good he caught that bat that one time (laughs) i liked jane's suggestion of um of maybe turning it into a keeper league or something like that Mm. Uh, you know like i'd like to talk dynasty value for a guy like um Scherzer, you know, who's who I I'll take in a redraft, right? But maybe the long-term value uh I'm I'm less certain on. Uh, Coming to the so, end of the road there. He's been yeah. around, he's been around the block a few times. Exactly. I'm going to keep going until like a fantasy site has uh has picked this up. Oh and yeah. and created an actual draft mechanism. At that point I I think we can retire. Frankly, the intellectual property is ours though. So <laughs> You better be getting dividends gifts. Yeah. on that. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, thank you to all those people. Thank you to everybody for listening. I'm excited. <laughs> Against my better judgment. The 2023 baseball season. It's going to be weird, probably. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It's always weird. That's why we're here, right? If baseball was normal, I think we'd be out of the job. Are we? Would you describe this as in a job? <laughs> well, <laughs> after putting together things like the all gift draft, yes, <laughs> yes, I would. Okay, sounds good. Uh, thanks again to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week when we will be talking about Major League Baseball games that are happening. Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. Tipping pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping pitches. So we'll see you next week. See ya!